You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the Football Friday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast, at least Football Friday one more time before the 2021 season gets here. I'm your host, Patrick Kahn. Follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. Locked on Horns on Twitter is the best way to reach me. Joining me today, my former co-host is Cammie Ann Griffin. She's joining the show with us. We're She'll be joining every Friday as we talk all the big stories around the 40 acres. Uh, Cammie, first off, thanks for joining. And uh, congratulations on being named the site editor of Longhorns mm-hmm. Wire. Uh, I know you worked hard for it. Uh, I know you're excited about it, so I appreciate you hopping on every Friday to talk some Texas Longhorns with me. Of course. I'm excited to get back on here and talk some football with you. Yeah, so let's let's start let's start backwards and we'll work our way forwards. Uh, so Sounds good. 2020 is over. And I know we're all like, thank God it's over. We get a fresh start in 2021, but I wanted to look back at some of maybe your biggest surprises, disappointments. So let's start with the negative and work towards the positive positive the negative being and i think you'll probably agree with me but my biggest negative was the coaching staff like i know they lost games they shouldn't have um, and you can put that on execution you can put that on coaching mm-hmm. but i think overall the losses of the recruiting whether you're talking about billy bowman quinn yours based on wilson there's the list goes on and on i think it all begins and ends with the coaching staff Yeah, I completely agree with you, but I think you could more, I guess you could single out Tom Herman on this one, because I do think, for example, defensive coordinator, Chris Ash, that was a pleasant surprise. I think he, he was on the up and coming and kind of turned Texas's defense around towards the later part of the season. Um, So I don't really like to include him within undisciplined football I, I mean the perfect summary of Texas 2020 season was that TCU game and um, some of that and I guess some of the losses even because you could argue this happened in Iowa State as well when um, Herman's game management um, and clock management and everything was just so poor and he made critical mistakes uh, throughout some of those conference losses and uh, those are just things you can't have happen at this level. Is there anything positive that you can take away from the bad things that happened, uh, whether it be, you know, maybe not making the same mistakes with recruiting, maybe not making the same mistakes with some of the in-game management that went on. And I know it's a new head coach and a new staff coming in, and we'll get into that a little bit. Is there anything that you could take take away from the negatives from the season? Yeah, I guess a, a positive way you could view what happened is Texas – is obviously, and I know 24-7 sports even stated that they have the fifth most talented roster in the country. And I think when you take away those uh, poor game management uh, mistakes, for example, that Herman made, I think this was maybe a one-loss team in 2020. So I think Sark Sark is inheriting a very talented team and roster. And um, obviously it's a very young team too. So I think uh, their overall play was there. I think they were just Um, obviously we call them bonehead mistakes and familiar failures uh, that happened under Herman, but overall, I think it's a very talented unit. And so let's, let's talk positive for a moment uh, before we get into more Tom Herman uh, discussion, but what was your pleasant surprise for the year? What, what, who is somebody that you looked at and said, okay, 
you know, he made his mark and we can now count on that and what he learned uh, going into 2021. Yeah, I think we had high hopes around a couple of the guys like Osai and Bijan Robinson and things like that. But I think more from a surprising standpoint, you have to say Joshua Moore. Um, he emerged, obviously, as Texas's leading receiver, and I can't wait to see him under Sark. We saw what uh, he was able to do with Devontae Smith or Devonta Smith over there. So um, I think he's going to be he's going to probably have a breakout year and you can basically say he had a breakout year in 2020 because no one was truly expecting that uh, all the hype was kind of centered around Brennan Eagles. And then uh, Joshua Moore just uh, comes out of nowhere and steals all that hype. So uh, I think he's going to be Texas uh, leading receiver again next season. And I have, I have high hopes for him. I would have to lean on defensive defensively. I think the pleasant surprise was DeMarvian Overshone. Um, the fact that he had to make that switch to linebacker, um, you know, under the guidance of Chris Ash, who convinced him, uh, along with uh, Cole Hutzler, uh, Coleman Hutzler, who kind of helped develop him. But, you know, through towards the back half of the year, kind of like you said, like towards the back end, you know, Ash's unit got a lot better. And I think a lot of that had to do with kind of the emergence of a DeMarvian Overshone and what he was able to do on the field from that linebacker position. Yeah, I agree. And it's kind of incredible what he's been able to do after switching positions. But I think he really is going to be an NFL caliber linebacker and probably a potentially a first or second round pick in a year or two. So on the topic of Tom Herman, obviously, it's kind of like beating a dead horse. But being that this is the 2020 review segment of the show, I wanted to ask you, at what point in the season did you look back now that he is gone? At what point did you look and go, that was the day that Tom Herman was actually fired? You know, that was the moment when it was over for him, no matter what he did the rest of the season. Ooh, okay. So I think uh, probably the coaching, um, I wouldn't say search, but I think the uncertainty surrounding his future in Austin began uh, during the TCU game. I mean, I was right behind the bench when uh, Chris Del Conte was down on the field and the fans were just screaming at Tom Herman. They, they couldn't believe the way he called that game, how many penalties there were, that they lost to TCU, uh, that there were that many errors throughout that game. So I think that's kind of when the uncertainty started. But I think when they lost lost back-to-back conference games, um, including that uh, Oklahoma game, especially when we kept harping that Oklahoma was, this was a year to beat them kind of. So they were having a down year and experienced quarterback back to back losses is kind of what his future in Austin was basically done. Yeah. I, I, I point to the moment that Billy Bowman and Quinn Ewers said adios. That, that was for me, there, there were two things. And I think hook'em.com, which is Austin American Statesman writer. It said, there were two things that Tom Herman could not do. Um, he could not lose Quinn Ewers, and he could not lose to Oklahoma uh, because of, like you said, it was a down year. And even halfway through that game, they benched Spencer Rattler. Things are looking good for Texas. You know, they're, they're looking like they're going to take over. And it, it never came to fruition. So for me, when those two guys said, I'm out, and the fact that Billy Bowman said, I'm out, and I'm going across the Red River, obviously there's some ties there with his girlfriend being a top softball prospect going to Oklahoma that could have something to do with the two but for as long as we can remember it was Jatavion Sanders Billy Bowman they were like you know teammates in high school and they were coming to Texas together and losing him and Quinn Ewers and subsequently losing a lot of other guys because of it uh, I think that's really where it started for Tom Herman as far as being out the door yeah I think the mass exodus what we called it uh, with that recruiting downfall played a huge 
huge security. And uh, I, I think it was just too many little things to overcome. Obviously, he wasn't producing on the field um, at high, I guess, obviously, there's high aspect expectations at Texas. And obviously, he wasn't winning a Big 12 title while he was there. But um, we also had his leadership um, come into question. I know Del Conte mentioned that a lot, um, how he was leading this team and those players. I know the eyes of Texas, uh, um, the recruiting downfalls, lack of production, the player development was a big one. Um, I know even players have been vocal about that. A lot of recruits were going elsewhere because of that uh, lack of player development. So I think it was a lot of little things that he wasn't able to overcome. Yeah, I agree. All right, we're going to move forward. We're going to talk about the excitement of Sark, what he brings, and kind of how the fan base is feeling right now with just the addition of Sarkeesian. We're not even going to get to the staff just yet. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, are you ready for some NFL playoffs? Big matchups this weekend uh, in the divisional round as we get one step closer to the Super Bowl. Uh, there's only one place that has you covered, one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use our promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for your 50% welcome bonus. We're talking NFL games of the week and college basketball games are coming fast and furious with top matchups. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports books experts. Well, 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball games, NBA locks, all winter long. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast wherever you get your podcast. All right, Cami, uh, right here on a football Friday, we're going to get into the next segment here. Let's talk about the excitement. Let's talk about the positive. Steve Sarkeesian is now in after, finally, after the national championship game is over in a game where he really put on a show uh, for the world to see. Now he's in Austin. He's making the rounds. He's on Colin Cowherd's show. He's uh, he's firing off the cannon at DKR. What's the level of excitement within the fan base right now? I don't even know if you can put it into words because I haven't seen really a welcome like that for a head coach in quite some times. I know they had his name up in lights on that uh, hotel building. I forgot exactly uh, which hotel it was, but uh, just the way they kind of welcomed him to the little early on the Sark train, I think. And so it was critical that they kind of finalize that uh, coaching deal before, or at least announce it before the national championship game, because there's so much hype uh, heading into that game. And just the way he called that game was uh, miraculous, even to recruits. They mentioned they hadn't even seen some of those play calls before. So um, I don't think the hype could possibly be higher. And he's obviously landing a lot of big name assistant coaches. And so I don't think it's going to take Texas very long uh, to compete for the college football playoff. Well, you know, it's it's interesting that you brought up, you know, kind of the show that he put on and, and how, you know, they haven't seen these plays before and some of the things that he was doing and the wrinkles. You know, that, I think that was something that a lot of Texas fans complained about, the lack of creativity. I mean, when you look at the players on the field, you had a Brennan Eagles, a Tariq Black, Jordan Whittington, Jake Smith. I could go on and on and on with mm -hmm. these guys. They have a lot of talent. It's just they weren't being utilized in the correct way. You could argue Jake Smith and Jordan Whittington spent a good amount of time on the injured list, and they did uh, for good reason. I mean, I, I can understand that, but they still had talent throughout. And you saw kind of saw some of that towards the end of the season versus Kansas State against Colorado. Yes, lesser opponents, 
but let's be honest, you still got to execute, right? And, you know, and when you talk about what he did in the national championship, he's on the phone before the game talking to Armani Winfield. Everybody's thinking, oh, he's going to Oklahoma or he's going to Ohio State. Next thing you know, he's going to Texas. Why? Because of what he saw from Devontae Smith, because apparently, according to Steve Wiltfong, he committed at halftime. Yeah, that was... That was crazy, and I think it's just a sign of what's to come under Sark. I mean, these players are pumped. Uh, recruits who are just in the running to possibly commit to Texas. Everyone was kind of vocal about their excitement on Twitter during that national championship game, and even still today. I, I know you and I are always sharing tweets from these recruits about how hyped they are about the direction of this football program, and I agree with you. Sark finds a way to get his top playmakers the ball, uh, regardless of who they're playing. I, I'm sure Ohio State – they were trying or attempting to do everything they could to stop Smith. And clearly he still found ways to get him the ball. And it just seemed um, like he was able to do it at ease. And that's against one of the top programs in the country. And so, um, I, yeah, I, I mean, the hype and expectations are always high, but it just feels different with Sark. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that a hundred percent and I'm with you. They, they do find a way and you're right about the excitement. I mean, we had a Jaden blues tweeting out the hook em. Ruben Owens, who's the top running back, I think, in 2023, is like, what's going on on the 40 acres? You know, every, it, it, there is a level of excitement. Um, you know, Jared Wiley's tweeting stuff out. So if you had to pick a guy on offense, because obviously Steve Sarkeesian has a specialty, and that's offense. Who's the guy on offense that is going to benefit tremendously from having Steve Sarkeesian as the head coach calling the plays? He's not the offense coordinator. Kyle Flood is, but... We know who's calling the plays. So how how do how do you look at that? Like which player uh, stands out for you? I think you have to say Bijan. I think uh, obviously Sark uh, loves to get the ball in his running back's hands. Um, and I, I think that's both as a rusher and a pass catcher with Bijan. I think he's obviously very talented and he's kind of your all-around back. Um, I'm most looking forward to him. He's probably going to be a Heisman contender next season. Uh, we saw what he was able to do as a true freshman, even though he only got limited playing time under Tom Herman. But you could argue other guys like J Jared Wiley. We, we preach about him all the time and how good of an athlete and how big and mismatched he is on the field. And um, he obviously was a big play guy uh, this past season, but uh, we, we rarely got to see that. And so I think uh, whoever kind of wins that battle in the slot uh, between Jake Smith and Jordy Winnington or uh, whether Sark has him on the field at the same time, I think both of them are going to be very successful under this offense. Yeah, you see that the way he likes to spread out his playmakers and everything. And, I, and you brought up Bijan Robinson. Uh, I was actually looking at betonline.ag's Heisman frontrunners for next year. Bijan Robinson has the best odds of any non-quarterback. So he's the first running back. He's even higher than Brees Hall, who kind of took over uh, in the Big 12 last year as the top running back. Uh, as Chuba Hubbard took a step back, kind of injuries and, and everything that was going on. But yeah, they got Bijan as the top. He's he has uh, I think it was plus uh, or minus eight hundred better than than Brees Hall, so that's gonna be interesting. But you're right, uh, a Jared Wiley, you know, is a guy that I really think uh, it's gonna help. But I'm gonna tell you what I think: whichever quarterback wins this battle, it helps them tremendously because the thing is between Hudson Card, Casey Thompson, say what you want to say, both four star quarterbacks, dual threats can do a lot of things. You look at what he did at Alabama, Mac Jones, nobody was talking about Mac Jones. We're talking about a three-star quarterback. He turned him into a household name. He turned him into a Heisman front runner. Uh, he finished, you know, top three, losing out to his, you know, teammate. But I, I think it, it 
it speaks volumes to him. And, and really, when you look at it, uh, let's just talk about uh, just the quarterback play, how he makes it easier. Uh, and no, be honest with you, I think development-wise, it, it helps mm-hmm. tremendously. You know, the development is something that we harped on week in and week out. It seemed like when you were doing the podcast with me, uh, you know, where's the development? Where's the progression? And, you know, I, I love Sam Ellinger. Don't get me wrong. I'm also kind of glad he's leaving for the simple fact that I didn't see any progression with him. It, it felt like a flat line throughout his entire tenure. There were there were ups, there were peaks, but the valleys were just as big. And it just felt like there was a level of regression. So getting a new quarterback in there is maybe more of a passer, less of a thrower, uh, I think is going to benefit this offense tremendously. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this quarterback battle between Hudson Card and Casey Thompson. And I really think it's going to come down to because – he, he doesn't really, uh, Sark doesn't really use uh, the quarterback in the way that Herman was, like the power running and all that stuff. And I think probably who's going to win that battle is who's more accurate in the air. And, and obviously we haven't seen enough of either of them. Uh, we saw a glimpse of Casey Thompson, but he only threw 10 passes in the Alamo Bowl. So um, that's not a bit, that's not a big sample size. So I think it's going to come down to to whoever is more accurate in the pocket. And so, I mean, I guess I would lean towards card in that sense, but Casey obviously has one foot in the door already. So it's going to be tough to kind of, um, I don't know, I guess win that job, but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think you can go wrong with either of those guys. Yeah. And, and we're going to get into the staff like AJ Milwee, who's coming in Alabama analyst. He's going to become the quarterback coach. He's going to get to coach those guys along with Kyle flood. And Steve Sarkeesian is going to have his hand all over it because he's the quarterback guru. Uh, but let's get into that staff in just a moment. I just want to tell you, March Madness is a few months away, and the future of the NBA is on display right now. Get a head start on next year's draft analysis by subscribing to the Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast. Draft guru Chad Ford has his first Big Board of the Year out with profiles of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and even more. But don't forget... Keep your eye on Greg Brown and Kai Jones. Those are two guys that are going to make some moves in the coming week. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board Podcast wherever you get your podcast. All right, so let's get into the fun part of the conversation here. We've talked about Herman. We've talked about the bad things. We've talked about the excitement level. And and I guess as Coach Sarkeesian's making the rounds, uh, we have yet to see Sark after dark. Uh, if you know what I'm talking about, all of his tweets coming out after it gets dark, going after going big game hunting, trying to get those top recruits. Let's talk about the coaching staff. Obviously, we've already brought up one name. We've talked about Kyle Flood. We've talked about the quarterback coach and A.J. Milwee. But I think on Thursday, we got the news that was kind of hinted about, but it was kind of back and forth. We didn't know Jeff Banks is coming to join Steve Sarkeesian. So are we officially the University of Alabama at Austin, or is it <laughs> Roll Horns? Cammy? you got to help me out here. I don't know what's going on. I like roll horns, but uh, yeah, like you mentioned, Banks was a big one for him. He's obviously going to be a special teams coordinator and tight ends coach. And he's, I don't even know if that's what he's best at. He's obviously one of the best uh, recruiters too in the country. And so that was just a major hire. And a lot of people thought uh, just by his social media activity that he was going to return to Alabama. And so um, I don't know if it was something that uh, just was finalized uh, recently or if it was more money involved, obviously as a pretty decent contract for an assistant coach here at Texas. So yeah, that, that was huge. And I think obviously for, uh, I think it, what I just thought about it, it shows how much these coaches respect Sark too. And uh, they see his potential and what he can build here in Austin to follow him here. And so I think that's a great sign of what's to come. 
You know, Jeff Banks is a guy who uh, was at A&M, was a top recruit. Uh, he, he recruited very heavily in the South Texas area, Houston, you know, that area, which is an area that Texas has been pretty prevalent in. Um, but he was doing the same thing for Alabama. And if you go and look at his list of recruits, if you look at his recruiting profile on 24-7, it was a lot of Texas talent. I mean, it, it was a lot of Texas talent. And I think going down towards the Houston area, continuing – uh, to go there because if you remember Jeff Banks is the guy that flipped Jalen Milrow. Uh he he went in to Katie to get to get him. So I still think they're gonna be looking down there. Uh Cam Newberry is a guy played at the same high school as Samuel Cosme. Guess what? He's probably gonna be on top of the list because of Jeff Banks because of Kyle Flood. Uh you know those are kind of the two main hires. Defensively when you look at the staff on the ones that we know. Who, who are you most excited about, uh, you know, coming into Austin to be kind of the defensive coach? You actually you have Bo Davis. You have Joseph Terry uh, from mm-hmm. Notre Dame. And then you have former Texas Longhorn safety Blake Gideon, who will be coaching the safeties. Obviously, there's no – we don't know who the defense coordinator is yet. We don't know who's going to coach linebackers. Uh, but when you look at that, how do you how do you feel about it? I think overall on both sides of the ball, I think uh, my favorite was probably Kyle Flood. I think that offensive line needed a lot of improvement and obviously was lacking in the recruiting game. So um, that's a major upgrade in my opinion over Herb Hand. Uh, My favorite on the defensive side, I'd probably have to say Bo Davis, uh, just because he was pretty successful here under Mac Brown, I think from 2011 to 2013. So um, I thought that was a great hire to be able to sway him away from the Detroit Lions. And so he's probably my favorite on the defensive side, but I'm very curious to see who they hire for defensive coordinator. Yeah, when you look at, I think... Blake Gideon um, is a coach that I think isn't getting enough publicity uh, because the reason why I say that is, you know, he may not be the biggest name coaching wise, uh, but, but you talk about a guy who was like, a, he was a two-star prospect when he came to Texas. He was a four-year starter, made it to the NFL. Um, and he was one of the up and coming special teams guys over at Ole Miss. Uh, and I'm not surprised that he's coming because he, Sarkeesian's best friend is Lane Kiffin, who was mm-hmm. at Ole Miss. So, I mean, it's not a surprise that that he's getting Gideon to come to Texas. Uh, but, you know, I think that's an underrated hire, really, uh, when you look at it. Uh, Bo Davis, monster hire for me. Uh, top recruiter, or one of the top recruiters when he was in college before going to the NFL. Uh, but you also have to look at the fact that the last time that he was coaching for Texas, he produced two in the same season. 10-plus sacks uh, defenders. Texas hasn't had a single one since he left in 2013 when Mac Brown was let go or walked away from the game. And so I think when you look at that hire, uh, for me, I circle that one a lot. I mean, because I think offensively you're good, but who's going to step up on defense? And I, and I really look at Bo Davis in that one. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that's telling both to uh, what Davis is capable of and the struggles on the defensive side for the Longhorns over the past, what, uh, decade or so. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to these new hires. I think Sark is filling out his staff fairly nicely. Yeah, he absolutely is. I think, you know, and once they get a better idea uh, or finalize anyway, uh, they got work to do because the 2021 recruiting class is still yet to be filled. There's still some spots that they've got to figure out. Um, I don't know if 
interior offensive lineman is a spot they're going to look at. Uh, defensive lineman, I think they could use some help because we're not 100% sure about who's back, who's not going to be back. Um, there's always movement. Uh, you know, it's interesting. And I think before Herman was relieved of duties, he, he talked about the recruiting class and said there was nine spots left. So there's nine spots that we know of that need to be filled. And we'll kind of see, you know, how it plays out. Are they transfers? Are they recruits? We'll get into more of that. I want to thank Cammy for jumping on the show. She will be with us each and every Friday talking Texas Longhorn sports. Uh, tune in on Monday. I'm going to have a recap of Texas Kansas State basketball at the Frank Irwin Center, 7 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, so we'll check out that game as they try to bounce back after the loss to Texas Tech. Make sure you're following Cammy at Longhorns Wire, at Cammy and G on Twitter. But that's going to do it for us. I'll see you on Monday. Welcome. Okay.